Uh, let's turn them over to Exodus, the book of Exodus. Hey. I chose an easy passage of scripture for y'all to find tonight. Amen. And uh, we had Bible college uh, last night, and uh, I taught in Amos. I didn't even, I didn't even, I was scared to even tell them where to turn to. Can I get a witness? And uh, we didn't have enough night, we didn't have enough hours in the night for them to find Amos so that we could go over uh, that book. But anyhow, uh, they did. They managed to do it, and uh, we praise the Lord for that. Exodus, take your Bibles and turn to Exodus, find chapter 32. Chapter 32. Man, choir, you did wonderful. I appreciate that, and uh, it was a good, uh, uh, <laughs> you're all right, Chris. <laughs> Chris going to be the first one to stand up, so everybody stand up, all right? And we're going to read Exodus chapter number 32. If you can stand with us, if you can't, that's fine, and uh, we'll make fun of you later when we're talking about you in other time. I'm just kidding. We won't talk about you, all right? Exodus chapter number 32, and uh, the church said, all right, so I mean, y'all there? All right, we'll start our reading in verse number one, and uh, we'll read down a few verses. Uh, maybe we'll just read down through verse number six, all right? The Bible tells us, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, you take these uh, words tonight from your word. I pray, Lord, that you would impress upon our hearts, Lord, the need for change in our lives. And God, I pray that we would leave out of here differently then we walked in here. Lord, may our hearts be pliable tonight. Be receptive, Lord, to your instruction, to your word. And God will be sure to thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can have a seat. Uh, um, I, one of the, one of the uh, top TV shows uh, in our day and time uh, right now is American Idol. How many of y'all? Come on now. I need somebody to help me. I don't know who has set it up to record on my TV, but I don't like them. It could be my wife. It could have been one of my kids. I don't know who has that thing set up. But every time I go to my DVR, there's American Idol. Now, there are times that I do enjoy American Idol. I, I really do. I enjoy, like, them first few weeks. Y'all know what I'm talking about, where everybody's up there and they're singing and they ain't got no business singing, Right? I mean, I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy to look at people's face when they're singing and they're like, what? <laughs> and uh, who told you you could sing? Well, my, 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 my mama said I could sing. All right, I need somebody to help me. And, uh, uh, and, and they look at him and say, well, you, you, you can't. All right, you can't. It's, hey, it's going to be a no for me, dog, right? Yeah, I've watched it before, all right? And, uh, but anyhow, I, I, American Idol. And, uh, but the truth is, is that, man, America is full of idol worship. I don't want to get too bogged down going through all the society and everything else, but let's just be real. Uh, our, our society is full of idol worship. Uh, our society, and let me go ahead and be honest, our churches are full of idol worship. 
Our churches are full of people that are worshiping idols. All right, some of y'all is giving me that look, all right, and I had that same look as I was as I was reading this because if you understand the context here, then you understand how soon these people have fallen into idolatry having seen the works of God's hands in delivering them from Egypt and them crossing the Red Sea and yet they get on the other side and say, make me gods. I need somebody to help me. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Can I get a witness? I mean, we go into Exodus chapter number 12 and we see the Passover lamb and that great night, that great cry of that night and Pharaoh and all the Egyptians saying, get out! And them being released from 400 years of bondage because God had sent an angel and that angel had gone from house to house where there was no blood applied and they, he had killed the firstborn of that house. And then we see in chapter number 14 as they come to the Red Sea and there's no way to get through God has Moses stand out and part the waters and the Bible says they walk over on dry land. If that wasn't enough, the Bible says that their enemy pursued them and God caused the waters to come back upon their enemies and destroyed all of their enemies. I mean, God did some amazing things. But I want to go back, if we can, just for a few moments I want you to look at Exodus chapter 19. We're going to be right back to Exodus chapter number 32. But let's get a little bit of context right here and see how absolutely ridiculous this was for them in Exodus chapter number 32. So in Exodus chapter number 19, if you're there, say amen. Verse number 8, the Bible says, all right, so in verse number 8, uh, let me just give you a little bit of context. Moses done gone up and he's had a conversation with God and God told him that he wants to be their God and he wants to lead them and he wants to nurture them and take care of them. And in verse number 8, the Bible says, and all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the, uh, uh, returned the, words of the people unto the Lord. And so all the people at this point in chapter number 19 said everything that God says he wants us to do, we are going to do. No problem out of us, Moses. We've done seen God. We have seen what God is capable of. We have seen that God is uh, who he said he is, and we trust him and we'll follow him. The next verse, verse number 9, has something interesting in it. The Bible says, The Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And so not only have they agreed to everything that God has said, but God says, I'm going to speak in such a manner that they hear me as well. I need somebody to help me. These people heard the voice of God. Just a few chapters before. They hear the voice of God. I mean, it's, is it not crazy? I need somebody to help me. I mean, if God speaks to me out of heaven, it's going to change some things. All right, and I understand God speaks to us through his word, but I need somebody to help me. If I'm hearing an audible voice and it's the God, it is the God. Of creation, things change. I mean, it changes things. Don't get me wrong. I, I love my Bible, and it's a complete authority, and I believe it to be the Word of God. But to hear the same voice that said, let there be light, and there was light. That same voice, to audibly hear it, to hear it in your ears. Can you imagine? Mm. Not only had they seen the works of God, but they had heard the Voice of God. Oh man, it gets crazier. Y'all ready? Going down to verse number 24. There's something interesting in this verse. 
If you're in Exodus chapter number 19 and verse number 24, I want you to look at this. And the Lord said unto him, this is Moses, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So not only do the people hear the voice of God, not only have they seen the works of God, but hey, I need somebody to help me. Aaron goes up on the mountain with Moses. I'm going to let you just think about that for a minute. Right now, and Moses is making a few trips up the mountain right now, all right? We ain't got to the 40 days that he was delayed. We are before all of this. So Moses goes up and talks to God. God sends Moses down to the people. The people said, all that God says to do, will do. The people hear the voice of God, all right? And then God says, hey, I want you to bring Aaron up with you next time. So Aaron walks up the mountain with Moses to the presence of God. Nobody else is allowed, but Aaron gets to go. The same Aaron in chapter number 32 that said, hand me your earrings, and we're going. I'm going to make y'all something. Is everybody all right? I mean, we're we sitting here shaking our heads saying, how crazy is this? Aaron goes up with Moses, and he goes up to the presence of the Lord, and guess what God says to start it all? Verse, chapter 20, verse number 1. And God spake all these words, saying... I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Let me break it down for you. God says, all right, Moses, I want you to come back. And this time you can bring Aaron. Don't bring anybody else. Nobody else come to the mountain. You just bring Aaron and Aaron alone. All right, God, I'm going to bring Aaron. Him and Aaron. Come on with me, Aaron. We're going up to the mountain. We're going to the presence of God. We're going to hear the voice of God. We're going to get the commandments of God. The very first thing that God says to Moses and Aaron is, do not make any other gods. Don't, hey, do not form, do not make, do not, do not, don't engrave any other God. Nothing, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Come on, I need somebody to help me. That would seal the deal for me. I mean, if, if, if God just spoke out of heaven and said, Robbie, do not do this. I need somebody to help me. After all of this, oh, uh, yes, sir. Not Aaron. No. Nope. Apparently the works of God wasn't enough for Aaron. Apparently the voice of God wasn't enough for Aaron. I mean, I cannot understand how somebody gets wrapped up in this the way that Aaron did. But the truth of the matter is, is we do the same thing. Chapter 20, verse 19, Moses comes back down. And they said unto Moses in verse number 19, this is the people, they stood afar off because they were scared to death. They heard the rumblings, they heard the voice. They're scared to death and they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. I need somebody to help me. They had a pretty good understanding of who God was. Right? This is how the people responded. They're scared to death. They're saying, man, hey, Moses, you just, just Moses, you just bring us a message from God. We're scared to death to hear from him. Check this out. 
the Lord said unto Moses, thou, thus, thou shalt, uh, thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, verse number 22, I'm in verse number 22. You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither uh, shall ye make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon, thereon thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen, in all places where I record my name. I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered there or thereon. And so here we have God giving further instructions that they're not to build an altar and use tools to do that and make offerings or they have polluted it. Is everybody with me? We go over to chapter number 24. In chapter number 24, the Bible says in verse number 3, and Moses came and told all the people, or excuse me, in verse number 3, chapter 24 and verse number 3. We're getting there, I promise you, I'll preach quick. And Moses came and told uh, the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered in one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said we will do. Now this included not having any other gods before him. This included not building any altars. This included, is everybody all right? Not sacrificing before any other images. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord because you, I need somebody to help me. You got to have a contract with people today, right? He had to have it with a people, he had to have it with people a couple thousand years ago too because people ain't, I need somebody to help me. People are liars, Moses knew this, so Moses writes all the words of the Lord and said, now y'all agreed to it, all right? And the Bible says, and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel which offered burnt offerings and sacrifice, uh, peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in the basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar and he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, will we do and be obedient. Moses writes down all the words. You know the words where God said, thou shalt not have any other gods for me. Right? Those words. He writes them all out. Calls it a book of the covenant. And then they make offerings and sacrifices. They shed blood and he takes the blood and he, uh, 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 he sprinkles it on the altar. He sprinkles it on the book. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. And said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. All of this happens. And a month later, They're taking their earrings off and making Aaron make them a golden image, build them an altar, make sacrifices to the golden image, and don't think God's going to have a problem with it. Rose up early, eat and drink and Played. We'll get to that in a little bit. But they did all of this thinking, oh, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. I mean, come on. Surely God wasn't serious when he said, Thou shalt not make any other gods before me. It's amazing to me. Do you know Israel's problem all throughout history? You know their biggest problem? Brother Mark, say it louder where everybody can hear it. Idolatry. God started off the very first commandment with idolatry. 
And the entire history of Israel is their failure to adhere to the very first commandment. Every time God would do something with Israel, before long they would be apostate. They'd leave God, they'd go into Baal worship, they'd do all kind of stuff. I mean, all the time it was idol worship. And if that carried through and followed Israel throughout their history, if we can follow them per se 3,000 years of their history, 4,000 years of their history, and that is their biggest problem, what do you think ours would be? What do you think ours is? Oh, ours, ours doesn't look like a look. We, mm, I need somebody to help me. We think we're okay because ain't none of us, we ain't giving up our earrings for no doggone golden calf. I need somebody to help me. Don't make me no trophy to sit up on the uh, uh, up there on the shelf. Oh, no, uh you ain't going to make no God, little G God, with your hands and convince me that I'm supposed to worship it. I need somebody to help me. That's what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, bless God, I have learned from the children of Israel, and there is no way I would fall into idol worship. You'll never find me bowing down before gold or silver. You'll never find me making an altar and worshiping. But the truth is, is that our society, our churches, our Christians are ate up with idol worship. Our idol worship isn't some little fat boy. I need somebody to help me. That's made out of gold. It ain't some cow that's made out of gold. It, it, it's not some other image that's made out of gold or made out of silver. But we all have some idols. I mean, if we got a definition of an idol, it would be when something or someone becomes more important to us than God. Oh, oh but let's all make a declaration just like the children of Israel did. There's nothing more important than God to us. Come on, y'all. If I need to, I'll go get some blood. We'll sprinkle some blood on y'all and on the altars and everything. Come on now. Right? I mean, this is the same thing. They said, hey, <laughs> we are not. We, everything God said, that's what we're going to do. Moses, go back and tell God we're good. That's what we're doing tonight. We're sitting here tonight saying, man, I ain't going to put anything before God. I'm not going to. I'm not going to allow anything in my life to become more important to me than God. But you know, there's examples of idol worship in our society. They include prioritizing of material possessions. I need somebody to help me. There's people that are... That, that, that won't tithe so they can go keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> hey, God bless me with a car that I can't afford. Everybody help me. I'm trying to keep y'all I'm trying to keep y'all engaged because I know y'all mad with me right now. prioritize material possessions over God. We, our wealth, our fame. I need somebody to help me. Don't get quiet about it. Don't get quiet right here about it. Over and over again, we say, hey, let's go out and witness. I want you to go out and tell your story. Go out and tell somebody about it. But you get around the right people, and you're more worried about how they feel about you. I need, man... They're going to have to have the right opinion about me. I ain't going to go out there and mess that up by talking about God. Is that about right? That one hurt, didn't it? How about physical appearance? Oh, I need somebody to help me. They some of you bless God. If there was no electricity, you wouldn't come to church. Ask me how I know. 
<laughs> oh, there was somebody saying, not me, preacher, but that Idalia says something different. She come through, knock that electricity. Bless God, I ain't got a curling iron. I need somebody to help me. I ain't got a light. I don't have a mirror. Preacher, I just, I just can't come. Now I got a bunch more people mad at me. Hey, we've idolized sex. I know that's a scary word to use in church. <gasps> There's kids in here. They probably know more than you do about it, all right? Is everybody all right? Our society and our churches have idolized it. We've idolized comfort. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Praise God. We get, we get them pictures of them people in the Philippines, and they're sitting in there in about that deep of water on metal chairs, and it's storming, no walls, no fans, no electricity, we're just crying and sharing it all over Facebook how much they love God. And then, it's cold up in here, preacher. It's hot up in here, preacher. Preacher, my, I'm, it's so, we have to sit so long on these four-inch padded chairs. I need somebody to help me. Some of y'all need to go back to some of the churches that I grew up in. Where you sit down on one side and that 300-pounder gets up on the end and the, the bench closes up. You know why they were shouting back in the old churches? I need somebody to help me. Because that crack on the bench done closed up and somebody said, Woo! Preacher just said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, sister. Back there in the back. Man, I want no hallelujah. She was hurt. She's going to have a bruise for three weeks. I need somebody to help me. Young people are like, what? You mean there was actually pews that didn't have pads on them? Comfort. Technology. I need somebody to help me. Our phones. We can't come to church without our phone. We can't leave the house without our phone. I need somebody to help me. I'm talking about my wife has one of them watches that has the, she, you know what I'm talking about. And my wife is the world's worst about laying her phone down somewhere and having no clue where it's at. So she just hits her little button on her phone and says, like, ding, 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 and lets her know where the phone's at. I need somebody to help me. What you really need is one of them for your Bible. Uh, oh, I need somebody I need somebody to help me. Bless God, you take care of that phone. You took care of the Word of God as much as you took care of that phone. Well, preacher, the Word of God is on my phone. Oh, I got you. I got you. It's all right. I bet you got notifications set up on your phone, too, for your Bible, don't you? Oh, no, no. But I guarantee you the Facebook notifications come through. Can't be missing a message. Can't be missing. Hey, somebody liked your post about that verse that you posted on there that made you look like a Christian. Everybody all right? I'm having fun. Technology. Let me, I got to get into this thing, man. We, all met, we ain't even met through the introduction. Relationships. It's for all the single people. Relationships. Remember, it was something or someone that's more important to us. Than God. Oh my goodness. Do you know how many people that have sat in this church and God moving in their life, they're hearing the voice of God, seeing God move in here, seeing God do great works in here. But some ugly little boy starts saying, Oh, you purdy. And next thing you know, they're out the back door and we don't see them again. I need, come on. Some ugly little girl says, I, I can date you, but you're going to have to come to my church. And so you end up at their church that ain't seen God, heard God, doesn't know who God is. But you got there because they were more important. Oh, I'm fitting to hurt everybody. Everybody ready? Everybody got your steel boots on? 
steel toe boots, everybody ready? Our recreation is so, is so much more important for us to have a good time than to be bothered by the things of God. We need you to sign up. We're having something at the church. Well, I, I, I think I might have something planned. Truth is, I'm going to have to wait until the last minute just to make sure nothing better comes along. Because you never know when that Sunday fun day is going to jump out at you. Is everybody all right? I'm having fun. I ain't even got into the preaching yet. Y'all mad? I'm happy. It's all fun. It's all fun. See, I have to deal with this too in my own life. Everybody all right? I got another one. This one's going to get you. All right? If, that, if all that ain't got you, this one's going to get you. Emotionalism. This is, I would go to church and I would do the thing, but I just don't feel like it. I need somebody to help me. They, some of y'all that have that, that, that Sunday morning sickness. You know what I mean? I mean, come on, fellas, I need somebody to help me. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we can get up out of the bed and go to work. Ain't no problem. What time you need me there, boss? 6.30, it ain't no problem. Man, I'll be there at 6.30 in the morning. Hallelujah. Just can't wait to come to school. I can't wait to come to work. Make that money. I know you're all happy about it. And you're right now you're going, oh, I ain't happy about it. But bless God, you get up every stinking morning whether you feel like it. See, I just walked you right into that one. Did y'all hear that? Did you get it? I walked you right into it. Y'all over there going, ah, oh, bless God, I, ain't, I don't like going to work. But you do it. Don't matter how you feel. You get up out of the bed, eyes half, half closed. I need, I need somebody to help me. Mm-hmm. Stumble in there. I hope you put on deodorant. Run to work, not because you feel like going to work. Oh, I need, come on, y'all. Then Saturday comes around, hallelujah, we can shoot a deer. 4.30 gets up, I need somebody to help me. You beat on that alarm clock, maybe hit the snooze button a couple times during the week, but come Saturday, 4.30 a.m., you got him on picture, you got him on camera, the corn is out, it's a nice, cool morning, 4.30, there's no need for a snooze button. Whoop, you are up out of the bed. Hallelujah, going to the shower, getting in there, washing with this soap that you bought that is going to make it where you don't stink. I need somebody to help me. Got the coffee brewing in there. I mean, you are set up at for a hunt camp. You ready to go. Then Sunday morning rolls around. Man, why we got to have church at 9 o'clock? So early. I know. I <laughs> trust me, I know. You only get to sleep in three hours from your normal schedule. Oh, ladies, don't act like y'all got out of it. Because I I I mean it, it's amazing to me that the ladies can do all this stuff. Now y'all don't get up at no 630. Y'all, I mean, maybe some of y'all do, but most of you, y'all lay around in the bed, get up by 8 30, 9 o'clock. Roll on into work. I need somebody to help me at 10 o'clock. The good thing about it is you don't have to be here at church until 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Apparently, that's too early. <laughs> Preacher, you just don't know. I've got kids I have to get ready. Well, their butts get to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Well, I just don't like making my kids come to church. But you make them go to school. You make them come up here. I, I'm having fun. You make them come up here if Dalton's going to watch them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I need me. I need Thursday night. I'm going to need a break, preacher. I don't want to go to youth group. You go into youth group. You hush your mouth right now. You need God. 
Unless it's Sunday and I don't feel like coming to church and then I'm going to use you as an excuse. I can't keep on going. Man, I'm telling you, we could keep on and on and on. Do you agree or disagree? Now, if you ain't, hey, if you've made it through all of that and say, preacher, none of those things have I put a priority in my life over God, I want you to raise your hand so we can all look at you. Well, when you put it like that, I ain't doing it. That's because, that's because you got to keep up your persona. Quickly, I want you to notice their circumstances. God didn't move on their timetable. And I, I, I was reading this and I was thinking this. Idols, we, we develop idols because of our idleness. Stay with me. As long as everything's going good, church is going good, everything, there's, a, there's one event right after the other and all of this, God can keep our attention. But if God ever makes us wait... All of a sudden, oh, I need somebody to help me. We come to church, and man, it's good, and God's speaking to us, and we're getting all kind of things out of church, and then we hit that dry spell where God's really not speaking to us, or we're not hearing God because we've got sin in our life, and because we hadn't felt what we used to feel, because we're not experiencing what we used to experience, all of a sudden, we're going to have to replace it with something that can give us that experience again. Come on, y'all. And before long, we find ourselves doing what we have replaced. And it creeps in Sundays we're not coming to church. We're going, come on, y'all. See, it was because of a delay. They had heard the voice of God. They'd seen the thunderings of God. They had seen God in the mountain. They had heard the voice of God. They had seen the works of God. But a month later, 40 days later, just a month and 10 days, they're saying, you know what? Uh, we're done. We don't even know. Does God even exist? Make us a God. I loved how they told Aaron, up. Make us a God. I need somebody to help me. Don't y'all ever come to me like that. I'm saved, but I'm not real sure I'm all that good of saved. Is everybody all right? I literally looked at that man and said, up. Go make us a God. Like, who are you talking to? Their circumstances. They were in a delay. They were in a delay and they were discontent. God wasn't moving on their timetable. And so all of a sudden they give themselves over, over to things that they could see, things that were tangible instead of a God who was invisible. Their corruption, their demand of error and their default, they go right back to what they used to be, right? They were in the land of Egypt. They knew all these idols. And so the very thing that they default to is what they had known in their past. Man, I'm getting, y'all, if you'll let it, this is going to hit you. Because what we do is, man, we've experienced God, we've gotten saved, and God's done some great works in our lives and in our family's lives and all of these other things. But when God doesn't move on our timetable and he doesn't do things how we want him to do it at the pace that we want him to do it at, we just say, you know what, why even bother? I'm going to go back and do what I used to do. And that's exactly what they did. They just defaulted back to what they used to be and what they used to know. And their deficiency was their leadership. I ain't got time and I'm not going to preach on this, but how could Aaron do this after he had experienced what he had? But you know what? When the people demand and when the people pressure, leadership oftentimes folds. And they had a deficiency in leadership. And let me say this, everybody all right? They weren't willing to be led. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up. I ain't got time to go there tonight, but it shows up later that they, they're not really wanting to be led. They want to attend 
They want to be in the presence, but they don't want to be led. Oh, I need somebody to help me. This is good. I'm telling y'all what, this is so good, I'm going to preach it again tonight to Michelle. Is everybody all right? <clears throat> they put on a facade that they wanted leadership, but the truth was they didn't want leadership. You know, you want to know why church membership is in such a decline? We want the experience of what's going on at the church, but we don't want to subject ourselves to the authority of the church. No different than they are. They didn't want leadership. And then I notice their delusion. In verse number 5 of chapter 32, and I'll read it real quick, but in verse number 35 Aaron makes a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. I need you to hear me. They weren't replacing God. Man, this is so good. I, I, I messed up doing an introduction way too long. They didn't replace God. Their objective wasn't to replace God. Their objective was just to come along beside and add to him. Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. They didn't say, hey, we're going to change things up. <laughs> Don't worry about this feast junk. We're going to change things up. We got a new cow in town. And we're going to, is everybody all right? <laughs> There's a new cow in town, and this is what we're going to do. No, they said, hey, listen here. Tomorrow's a feast to the Lord. We're going to honor God, but we're also going to hold on to our idol. Oh, my goodness. Tell me, shake your head like this if you're getting it. Because here's what it is. We'll come to church, but we're going to bring our idol with us. Where are you going? Well, I got church this week. And next week I got something else to do, but this week I got church. Everybody all right? I'm, I'm feeling spiritual today. And next week, maybe not. Because next week there's something else that I got to do. But this week, I'm feeling spiritual. So I'm going to go to church. Can't leave them behind. I need, somebody, I need somebody to help me. God's more merciful than our idols. <laughs> somebody quote that. Give me credit for it. And, and let me, what do they call it, trademark it? God's more merciful than our idols. See, if travel ball's your idol, they'll get mad if you miss. <laughs> God's let you miss a many a Sunday. But your idol won't tolerate it. God's let you, God's shown mercy. A many a Sunday, a many a Wednesday. But your idol won't. <laughs> Preacher, I, I wouldn't put anything before God, but I got to go to work this Wednesday, and, uh, and I got to go to work Sunday. Hey, God will forgive you, but your idol won't. Man, I'm having fun dragging this thing around. Everybody all right? It's a corruption. I want you to notice this, and I'm going to quit. I, I got more, but this is, I'm, I know I've got to do it all. All right. Their commitment, their commitment. Look at verse number six. And they rose up. I go to church Sunday, but it's just too early. What? What? We're going to, we're going to wild adventures? 
call the girls. Hey, let's get up and get out there early. It starts at 10 o'clock. If we get in the parking lot at 9, we can be in by 10. And man, all the kids can have fun. Jay, don't post anything on Facebook until that afternoon. I need, come on, I need somebody help. Their commitment to their idol was greater than their commitment to God. They rose up early. Oh, I need, it don't end there. Not only did they they get up early, but they offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. They gave. Oh, I need, mmm. Now, preacher, we ain't got enough money to tithe this week, but you got a car payment. And my youngin', they don't, man, they gonna need a, they got, preacher, they got to have some new cleats. I mean, we want them to be able to play football. And listen, preacher, it's, a, it's dangerous out there if they don't have cleats on. And so we're gonna have to buy some new cleats, but we can't. This week's just gonna be tight. tight. It's just gonna be tight on us. Gonna be tied on us, preacher, this week. We're not gonna be able to, we're not gonna be able to tithe. We are going on our anniversary trip. They brought offerings. Burnt offerings and peace offerings. They said, Hey God, now we ain't, we're not replacing you. But there's this new cow in town. And we don't want this new cow in town to feel left out. <laughs> so we got to take something. We got to make sure that we're as good to, come on, y'all. We got to make sure we're as good to the new cow as we, mm. some of y'all are saying, please get to the invitation. <laughs> Be careful about that new cow. Be careful. See, the commitment, they, 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 uh, uh, their consecration, they, they offered and, and made sacrifices. Their eagerness, they rose up early. Their celebrations, they ate and drank. Man, they were excited. Man, some of y'all come to church and it looks like it is a job. I mean, it looks like your mother-in-law has moved into your house and now your mother-in-law is coming to church with you. I need somebody to help me. Looks like your dog died. Preacher, I'm here. Bless God, don't expect nothing else out of me. Well, thank you. I don't know what we would do without your mean mugging the whole service. I don't know what we would do. Man, you have just, you have graced us with your presence. Thank you so much. I need somebody to help me. Hey, show up at hunt camp at 5 o'clock in the morning, smile on your face. Hey, man, y'all excited? Y'all ready to get that buck? Man, I can't wait, man. I'm thinking today's the day. I can't wait. It's going to be good. He's going to show up, going to have a visitor to the stand. Hallelujah. And I'm going to speak to him. I'm talking about with a 308. <laughs> Glory! 5 o'clock in the morning. 11 o'clock at church. I can't sit for 45 minutes of his preaching. Daylight shows up at 6 o'clock. 10.30, your buddy's texting you. You ready to get down? No, I'm telling you, man, he's coming. He's coming. I can feel it. Four and a half hours sitting in the stand. I need somebody to help me. No AC, no heater. No padded chair. I sit in this stand all day long. Snow on my face, rain and all that. Bless God, I know he's coming, man. He's got to show up. He's been on camera all week this week. It's only been four and a half hours. Eat you another little Debbie and shut up. (laughs) It's so long. Watch out, that new cow. Their moral decay. This word drink here in the Bible literally means drunkenness. 
It literally means drunkenness. And the word, the rose up to play, means conjugal caresses. In other words, they were practicing drunkenness and sexual immorality in front of their God they just made. You know what an idol will do in your life? It'll lead to moral decay. It'll lead to moral decay. All of a sudden, sin ain't that bad. I mean, because the people I'm hanging out with, it ain't that bad to them. Right? So, if, I, I, I mean, God's put these people in my life. They have a new perspective on everything, you know. Well, it ain't really sin. Sound like the serpent. I need somebody to help me. Some of the people that we hang around with sound like the serpent all the way back in Genesis chapter number three. What? God will not, surely. God didn't really say that. God didn't mean that. See, if you hang on to that idol sooner or later, you'll end up in moral decay. I'm done. I want you to notice their consul, though. They had somebody that interceded for them. God was ready to kill these people. I didn't read the verses, but if you read on down, the Bible says in verse number 7, The Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people, which thou uh, broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. That's the terminology back then. It was in reference to a yoke of oxen. It was in reference to an oxen in particular that would not respond when the rope was pulled. That's what that word stiff-necked means. It means they know but they won't respond. Look at what he says. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them. He didn't say commune with them consume them and I will make of thee a great nation this is what God said Moses leave me alone I'm going to kill them all I'll make this great nation and God hey God could have done it and his promises would still be true God said I'm just going to use you Moses I'll make a great nation out of you forget forget all that other stuff I, we'll just kill them all this is where God was. Look at Moses. Could you imagine what this would have done for Moses? I mean, Moses is a well-known figure, but I mean, Father Abraham, status, this is where Moses would have been. Matter of fact, there's a great argument as to why God wouldn't reveal the burial site of Moses. Because God knew the people would worship him. That's how great Moses was. Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Next verse. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath. And repent of this evil against thy people. Now, he wasn't saying, God, you're sinning. He's saying, God, change this course of action. In other words, God, you have every right to do exactly. Listen, he wasn't saying you're wrong. You, do you remember God said the first commandment? The people agreed to it. They consecrated it with blood. A covenant. And a covenant is a covenant. And a covenant says that, I, hey... Let me be as these things. In other words, God, kill me if I don't keep this commandment. 
So God was in his right to kill them all. But Moses interceded. Can I say this tonight? You and I, I'm sure God has already dealt with us tonight about some idols that we have. But you and I have an interceder too. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. And he's saying, they're mine. I know they messed up and you have every right. God, my blood was shed for them. And my blood cleanses them. My blood washed them. God, show mercy. That's what Moses was asking God to do, show mercy. Don't give them what they deserve. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to get up out of your seats right now, heads bowed everywhere. Get up out of your seats. Come to the altar. Come lay that idol down. Come lay that idol down. Call out to your interceder. Call out to your advocate with the Father. Know that He will work on your behalf. Confess. And be cleansed. Lord, we love you tonight. But words just don't seem to be enough. We say we love you while we're dragging our idol around. Lord, I'm just as guilty as anybody else in here of allowing something to become a priority in my life. Lord, I've even had ministry. This church become a priority over you at times. Lord, this morning or tonight, people are all over the altar, God. I pray that they're confessing. God, we know you're faithful. Lord, we know you're just. Lord, we know that you'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness because your word says... Lord, wash us with your word. Lord, cleanse us tonight. Cover us, Lord, with the blood. God, make us aware of those things that we have prioritized and put above you. Those things that we have placed in front of you. God, may they be removed from us. God, may we wholly dedicate to you, Lord, our lives, our worship, ourselves. Lord, tonight where we failed you, God, we beg for mercy. Knowing that, God, you have every right to condemn us, to punish us, to remove your hand of protection from us. So, God, we plead as David has, as the prophets and the nation of Israel did in the Old Testament. God, we plead for your mercy. God, I pray that through tonight, Lord, we'll grow, we'll change. Lord, I pray that tonight we'll kick the new cow out of town. God, get our focus on you. Get our hearts in tune with you. Give our lives wholly to you. God, I thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for church. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your love. God, I pray. 
Could I be constantly reminded of your works, your voice, your word, and not allow myself to chase after that new cow in town. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would place a hedge of protection around this church, continue to bless us and use us. May we honor and glorify you in everything that we do. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.